On today's episode of Locked on Canucks, Canucks are in Buffalo to maybe, hopefully, probably not turn their season around. We take a look back at a monumentous night in Canucks history with the Hockey Hall of Fame inductions of Roberto Luongo, Henrik Sedin, and of course, Daniel Sedin. And finally, enough with the trade Bo Horvat recommendations. This is Locked on Canucks, and it starts right now. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody, and welcome to Locked On Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. I'm, of course, your host, Justin Pooney. You can find me at Twitter at Justin Pooney with an underscore at the end. That is Justin Pooney. With an underscore at the end. You can also follow me on Instagram at Process Sports with an underscore at the end. You're catching the drift there. That's Instagram Process Sports with an underscore at the end. Finally, there is our Twitter account, our show's Twitter at Locked on Canucks. That is, of course, is available uh, anywhere on Twitter. Just go to Twitter and, uh, you know, type in Locked on Canucks and you will find out where of our content is. Also, um, Locked on Canucks on YouTube. If you would like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, it would be greatly appreciated if you can like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, we are available wherever you get your podcast services. And like I mentioned, I'm really going to try to keep this uh, simple, uh, very effective, and not so negative. And what do I mean by that? Well, what do I mean? Uh, I don't really want to rant and rave about the Vancouver Canucks today because yesterday was a very positive day. Canucks time, and I'm gonna touch on that uh, after this first break. Um, it's been a tough, tough, you know, week or so. You know, this road trip started. I thought, you know, um, after that rough loss in Nash to Nashville at home, and where they blew another lead, they start off well in Ottawa. Then they, then they go to Montreal, and it's they have a poor performance. Then they come out into Toronto hockey night in Canada. Uh, I'm in the building <laughs> and um, they get up to a hot start, a two nothing start. And I think, awesome. Uh, this is going to be perfect. Everything's going to work out. You know, the Canucks are going to win in Toronto uh, once again, yeah. that does not happen. Uh, the second period, the Canucks fall apart once again and blow a two nothing lead, a lot of three goals. And by then, uh, the Leafs kind of just shut it down. The Canucks couldn't do anything. Then uh, they go back-to-back on Sunday uh, in Boston. And by that point, we kind of knew that it was already uh, just one of those games where you knew it was going to be a loss. And uh, the sky is falling. I'm sure all of you guys all know the sky is falling. Uh, everybody's panicking. Um, and this season that started off with so much promise has fallen below the wayside. Uh, the Canucks currently are not 30th in the NHL. Um, nothing has gone right. Um, players don't look disen- don't look to be disengaged. Uh, they don't care, uh, and they are stuck once again. Uh, as for tonight, they look to right the ship and kind of salvage something out of this um, road trip from hell. Another road trip from hell. 
Uh, Spencer Martin gets the net for the Canucks in Buffalo uh, to, uh, you know, try to right the wrong. Of course, the Canucks have lost the last three. Um, Martin will be getting the start. It is his, uh, I believe, his fifth start in the last nine games. He is at a 3-1-1 record with a .902 save percentage. been playing a lot better uh, than Thatcher Demko. When I uh, was at the game on Saturday in Toronto, uh, that game could have been like, Five or six to two, um, but Thatcher Demko kept the Canucks in that game, um, and you you wanted to see some fight from the rest of the team, and there just wasn't any fight. Uh, Jason Studnicka was placed on injured reserve. Will Lockwood was called up. Vasily uh, Pod Colson, who dropped the mitts on Sunday, might be out with injury, which would finally open the door for Andre Kuzmenko to get back into the lineup, which. Uh, really baffled me, to be honest with you, as to why Kuzmenko didn't play uh, on Sunday. Uh, he didn't seem to play bad on Saturday. Uh, perhaps maybe it's just mind games being played by Bruce Brudrow um, because he knows that uh, that is the prized acquisition that Jim Rutherford and Patrick will be in this offseason. He's, of course, been one to get uh, shot down. He's been kind of getting shot at and getting not catching strays, but being the, the brunt of uh, the media attack from Jim Rutherford. And maybe he's trying to stick it to the front office by uh, benching their, their big prize possession. Uh, and uh, I think that's a wrong way to go about it. But I also feel that all this talk about Bruce Boudreaux getting fired, um, what's it going to change, right? Is it going to give the guys a bump? Uh, a little bit of an adrenaline bump to propel them again like he did last when they fired Travis Green. Um, yeah, that it could generally happen. But at the end of the day, and I've been saying this for the last couple of weeks, this all falls back on the players. It simply does. Um, this team and this core does not seem to like each other. They don't want to be, act as a team. There's no sense of culture. And uh, I'm going to touch further on this after the break, but... You talk, you hear all these stories about those Canucks with the Sedins and Mason Raymond. I don't know why I brought Mason Raymond up, but whatever. The Sedins, Yannick Hansen, uh, Kevin Bieksa, Ryan Kessler, Alex Burrows, Roberto Luongo. They talk about the culture and how they were a team and how they held each other accountable. Well, in this Canucks roster, there is no accountability. There is no holding someone um, up you know, to their standards. There's none of that. Um, I don't know if guys just simply don't like each other. Uh, I don't know if it's because guys don't care. Um, then maybe they're already paid. Uh, maybe Bo Horvat's just playing out really hard because he wants to get paid. Brock Besser got paid. Uh, JT Miller got paid. And obviously now it looks like he's just forgot about the defensive side of his game. And I know Jason's, I'm not Jason, JT Miller was never going to be a Selkie Trophy winner, but my God, some of the, just the lack of awareness on his defensive end. Like the Canucks were uh, hemmed in their end for a multitude of times against Toronto. And it's frustrating um, watching this team play because um, they've been in, they haven't really been blown out of any game, right? They've had leads and they've blown them or they've been in the each and every game they've been a part of. Um, and that's what I guess more troublesome. Had this team just been bad and just getting blown out every game, but you could say, hey, look at the talent disparity. This team should be getting blown out every game. This team is capped out, has talent, uh, and is still losing. 
it's very frustrating. I don't think uh, firing Bruce Boudreau is going to save anything. Um, I just feel that this team and this franchise needs to find that accountability again. And it could just be something as simple as an epiphany moment from players. It could be something like a firing or a big trade. But who are you going to trade? Nobody's going to take JT Miller's contract off your hands. I would trade Brock Besser. Um, you have Andre Kuzmenko, who I think is a better player at this particular moment than Brock Besser. Simple as that. He's better, and you're going to have to make a decision on that because Kuzmenko is going to need a new deal starting next year, and I don't think the Canucks just sign him for a one-year deal. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, what transpires, um, what this front office does because fan base is pissed off. The media is coming down them. The players are pissed off. Um, and the way I analyze this is, if you look at the Las Vegas Raiders uh, in the uh, NFL, Derek Carr, their starting quarterback, was crying after the loss again on Sunday. And uh, it's about the culture of the Raiders. You know, Their culture has never been that good of late. Um, this was a very proud franchise in the 70s, 80s, and early 2000s, and it's fallen off since then. This Canucks team... From, let's say, 2002 to pretty much 2012, 2013. That was 11 years. Um, was an era where pretty much every year they were a playoff contender, minus a few outliers. Um, but you expected the Canucks to be there every year. You expected a certain standard you'd see on the ice. You expected this franchise to put out a winning quality product. You expected to see guys play hard and together. Um, and we haven't seen that the last eight years. We've seen misdirection, mismanagement, um, poor choices, um, all these things that have gone wrong with this franchise. And you can point your finger out of the previous management group, previous coaching staff, ownership, whatever. The franchise quickly does not want to rebuild. Quite frankly, I don't want to see a rebuild. I don't think I know some fans are saying they want to rebuild. Well, let me ask you this. Do you want to wait another five years to potentially get back to a level where you could be a playoff contender? I don't know, right? I don't, I, at this point in time, I don't know. I think it comes down to these players. You might have to shake up the group uh, or something, but I don't know if a full-on rebuild is the way to go. I just don't think that's the way to go. I think if you can take a piece out of that core like a Brock Besser and supplement it and maybe shake the core up like that, that might be the way to go. I'm not a believer in trading Bo Horvat. Nobody's going to take JT Miller. You're certainly not going to trade Quinn Hughes uh, or Elias Pettersson or even Thatcher Demko, although teams have been apparently calling on Thatcher Demko. Uh, Spencer Martin you know, has proven he can be a, a, a good goalie, but is he that number one bell cow? We don't know that yet. That yet. So... Um, who knows what the Canucks are going to do, but they're going to play it tonight in Buffalo and potentially right the wrong. But like I said, guys, it's just at a point now where, where do you go from here? And I think nobody knows where the Canucks can go from here. Yeah, you can rip it down, but that's no guarantee of anything, right? That all you guarantee is just cap space, cap flexibility, but a lot of losing. So, um, but then again, you're losing right now with this course. So I don't know where you go from there, but, uh, Coming up after this break, I really want to uh, turn it into something positive. And I'm going to look back at last night's Hockey Hall of Fame induction ceremony 
between, of course, three prominent Canucks, three of the best Canucks of all time, um, Henrik and Daniel Sedin. Uh, but first, I want to talk to you guys about the fine folks at betonline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at betonline.net. And we love sports podcasts. You can find those at BetOnline as well. We're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Also, um, I want to thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app and wherever you get your podcast services. All right, guys, welcome back to Locked on Canucks show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. Of course, Canucks are in Buffalo playing their expansion cousins, the Sabres, uh, trying to salvage something out of this road trip. I don't really have any expectations for them. And quite frankly, I just think they're going to lose. Now, I knew I was going to do those the betting stuff, but at this point, guys, I am so lost and disheartened by this team. I just don't have any... Um, I don't have any to put money on this team, and I just don't think that there's bigger pressing issues than betting on this team. So um, last night was a very monumentous night in Canucks history, very prominent moment, very uh, a night where I was finally able for the first time in a long time to say I'm proud to be a Vancouver Canucks fan. Of course, that's the night that Henrik, Daniel Sedin, and Roberto Luong were all inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. And watching all the stuff for this past weekend, first of all, beautiful tribute to uh, Swedish defenseman icon Borja Salming. Uh, I was there on Saturday, like I said, saw that tribute, saw the one on Friday on TV. Uh, wonderful. Um, as a guy who didn't, you know, born in 1996, didn't really start watching hockey till the early 2000s, I have no idea. I had no idea that, that that's how ingrained Borja Salming was with the Leafs tradition and their history. And to see that was beautiful. Um, having... Sheldon Keefe put our entire uh, Swedish lineup was very touching as well. And uh, that was special. Uh, there, you know, of course, that was nice to see. And then, of course, last night was very special for all of us Canucks fans to see those three guys get inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame and listen to all their speeches and all of that. Um, first of all, Henrik and Daniel Sedin, wonderful with making fun of each other, the roasting and stuff like that. It was spot on. Roberto Luong, of course, was his, had his dry... Uh, sense of humor and it was doing his best like that those three guys right there the three greatest canucks of all time uh, three of the four uh, you can put pavel burry in there or whatever but um to me uh, as a guy who saw um those guys play uh, during their their peak uh, the peak of their powers if you will from let's say 2006 2007 to what, 2013, 2014, whenever Roberto Luongo got traded. Um, it was kind of emotional, to be honest with you. Um, those are the guys that brought so many memories to um, myself. And I'm sure all you Canucks fans out there during that time where, you know, there's countless memories where you remember exactly where you were when, you know, Luongo made uh, the save against Patrick Sharp in overtime, the precursor to the Alex Burroughs goal. Uh, we all remember Henrik Sedin 
tapping the puck between his legs while Daniel went between the legs uh, and scored against Calgary. Uh, we all remember the Magical War of 2011. We all remember the battles with Chicago in uh, 2009, 2010, and 2011. Uh, we remember the President's Trophies. We remember the Olympic gold medals. Uh, we remember uh, Roberto Luongo getting the loudest ovation um, in Vancouver 2010 in front of the home crowd, waving the Canada flag around uh, and all that stuff. Um, and to see those guys that built this franchise up to heights that it's never seen before or has never reached again um, was truly amazing. Uh, it was beautiful. It was poetic. And to me, it was emotional because as a guy who has loved this team since, like I said, my earliest fondest memory of the Canucks was probably 2002 against the Red Wings to see you know, the West Coast Express era and fall short. And then we enter into that era where Roberto Luongo comes in and then that team just ascends to being one of the best teams uh, in the NHL, probably the best team to never win a Stanley Cup. Uh, yeah, the 2011 Canucks team is the best team to never win a Stanley Cup. And they came oh so, oh so close. Um, but just the respect and admiration they had for each other. Uh, Roberto Luongo saying when he got the call, the first thing he asked was, if Henrik and Daniel Sabine got in because it was the guys he wanted to go in with. Now, I know Luongo uh, said he doesn't want to go, they're not going to say who he goes into because he's, of course, you know, heavily a part of the Florida Panthers organization still. Um, and that's where he calls home. Uh, but his fondest memories or his, his greatest heights of his career um, were in Vancouver. And uh, when I think of Roberto Luongo, and I think when a lot of people think of him, you think of the peak of his, his, his career, the pinnacle, 2010-2011. He was in Vancouver. Uh, and I talked about that before. And I think um, having him, you know, get, get having those three, excuse me, just get uh, the respect they deserve. Because as we all remember, the Sedin sisters, uh, the, the whole Brad Marchand thing in the finals, um, just, just the, the constant berating of their toughness. Roberto Luongo, um, you know, pumping the tires and then, you know, just becoming just a beloved figure across the NHL with his social media and stuff like that. To have those guys uh, get validated uh, for their greatness was, was truly amazing. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and I think seeing that last night and just seeing the hockey world come together and uh, congratulate those three guys. Uh, was special and was amazing. I think was something that I will cherish forever. I, know. I watched I watched the speeches a few times uh, last night before I went to bed. I just fell watched a bunch of montages and stuff like that uh, from those eras because I miss I miss that those times. I miss uh, coming home from school, um, you know, during those days whether it was elementary school or high school, and just couldn't wait to watch the Canucks play at seven o'clock. Um, and seeing them, you know, just dominate teams and steamroll teams and stuff like that uh, was was a great was was a great time in my life, and uh, I miss those days a lot. Now that I'm a lot older, you know, you kind of it's you know you hear athletes talk about it a lot, but even as fans, I think we all took it for granted. We thought this team was uh, it wasn't going to last forever, but when it kind of ended abruptly, we just you know I yearn for that stuff still. I mean, I wish we could go back to you know seeing Presidents Trophy winners. Selkie Trophy winners, Art Ross Trophy winners, Hart Trophy winners, Vesna caliber goalie, right? Um, 
it's it's tough. And I think that's what helped added to my emotions from yesterday was because I love this friend, this team so much and to see them uh, struggle and to go what they're going through right now and just fall off like that. It sucks. And uh, I, w- I miss those glory days. So uh, it was a great night. Greatest night in Canucks history. Um, and thank you, Henrik and Daniel Sedin. Thank you, Roberto Luongo, for not only being great players, but being great members of the community of Vancouver and the province of British Columbia. Forever, you guys will be Canucks. And Francesco Accolini, I know you have a whole lot of other stuff going on in your life um, and all that other stuff, whatever, in the news. Um, but do what's right and retire. Roberto Luongo is number one. Um, I don't know what's taking it so long. I don't know who in the organization has that power, but make the call. I know they're going to be honoring him December 1st, um, but retire his number. There's no way fans are about it. Uh, he's the greatest goalie in Canucks history, one of the greatest Canucks of all time, first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, he needs to be uh, recognized like that. And uh, I think it's time. So uh, coming up after this last break, I'm going to talk about a current Canuck who potentially could have his number retired if things ever work out. Um, and that's Captain Bo Horvat. And I'm going to talk about why I just think that this whole trade talk of him is absolute nonsense. But first... I want to talk to you guys about Simply Safe. If you thought about securing your home, uh, your home, your home with home security, but even putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked On Canucks listeners can order the number one Simply Safe home security system for fifty percent off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Here's why I love it. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes, burglaries, and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security offering 50% of their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Of course, during the holidays, I go back to Vancouver and knowing that my home here in Toronto is safe and secure brings me an extra peace of mind. They have the advanced technology that controls security cameras, a high-tech sensors I can watch all off my phone plus there's a 24 7 agent monitoring simply and our simply safe tech support staff and it was actually named the best home security system of 2022 for the third year in a row in case of an emergency 24 7 protection monitoring agents can use the fast protect technology exclusively from simply safe to capture critical evidence and verify if the threat is real so you can get a police priority police response um, their home security cameras have advanced sensors in every room, window, and door. Uh, HD cameras inside and out. Smarter ways to detect motion that alert you when the threat is real. They also have hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Uh, like I said, 24-7 professional monitoring. Uh, costs less than a dollar a day and less than half the price of ADT's traditional professional installed system. With a top-rated Simply Safe app, and stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere, arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust your system settings. Don't miss your chance to save on the only security system I recommend. Go to fi- I get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash URL today. There, this is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash lockdown NHL. There's no safe, like simply safe. All right, welcome back, Locked on Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. So last thing before we leave, again, Canucks faced puck drop in about half an hour uh, in Buffalo. 
Bo Horvat playing really well this year. Scoring, I think he's got what, 13 goals this season. Um, has a contract year, and the trade rum- the rumors are rampant. And I just want to say this one thing. I'm not going to try to change your mind or persuade you. A lot of you guys are very thick in your and stuck in your ways. But let me ask you this. Bo Horvat, game in and game out, is pretty much one of the only guys that really gives a shit about this team and about this franchise. Um, he's the, one of the only players that comes out and actually is doing something on both ends of the, of the ice. Yeah, I get it. He's in a contractor. He wants to get paid, and he rightfully will get paid. But he's the captain of your team, the leader of this team, uh, and I want that guy leading me out of this dark hole because eventually somebody has to lead them out, and I want it to be him. I think he's a grown-up. He's an adult. He plays the right way. Um, he's, he does. He doesn't pout. He doesn't sulk. He's accountable. He talks to the media all the time. Um, and I think you need that in this franchise if you want to be successful. You need guys like Bo Horvat. And Yannick Hansen said that on the radio today. He said, if you trade Bo Horvat, you're basically setting this franchise into the unknown for the next 5, 10 years. And I agree. Yes, the package might be nice, but we don't know what it will be. Bo Horvat, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get a guy that plays hard, plays both ends of the ice, wins face-offs, a p- penalty killer, power play, can score at a very high level, and he's a leader. And you don't find those guys all the time, and I believe that Bo Horvat is the guy that I want leading this franchise back to prominence. Um, and I believe that Canucks fans need to think about it. Yes, in a vacuum, you can get a lot of form and asset management and all the other stuff. But think about it like this. You need a leader. Elise Pedersen and Thatcher Demko and Quinn Hughes have proven they can't be leaders at this stage of their career yet. JT Miller is not that guy. Bo Horvat is the right answer to be the leader of the Vancouver Canucks. That's why he was named captain. Bo Horvat deserves to get paid by the Canucks. I hope he does get paid by the Canucks. The Canucks need to pay him because he's exactly what they need. Accountability, adult, leadership, and skill. And I think once people turn around and realize that, hey, we need this guy, um, you're going to really see that, you know, sometimes the grass isn't always green on the other side. If you trade Bo Horvat, who knows what's going to happen. So uh, it means more of JT Miller at center ice. And I don't know about that because it has been playing. It hasn't gone to fruition this season so far. So think about it. Drop in the comments what you think. But I think Bo Horvat needs to be a Vancouver Canuck if this team wants to have any chance of being successful in the front office has come on and said they agree with me on that so that is the time we have today for locked on canucks um i want to thank you for making locked on canucks your first listen of the day uh for your next listen locked on sports today catch up on the biggest stories in the day of sports plus get instant reactions big game recaps and the take of the day the Locked On Sports Today podcast available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast services. Guys, take care, stay safe, and I will talk to you tomorrow.